Charlemagne the God of the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch the Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're, you know, they're listening to the Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Hey, fam. Hey, Angela Yee. It's Monday. Yes, what a day to get the week started. We love a Monday. That's right. Um, I had a crazy weekend. Shout to uh, all the HBCUs. You know, I go on the HBCU tour. So uh, Friday, uh, I was at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think it's called a Pine Buff, which is a, a HBCU out there. And then Saturday, I was at FAMU. In Tallahassee, mm. Florida, and then I went over to Miami, did some work in Miami, but I was all over the place, so shout to all the HBCUs. I do an HBCU tour each and every year where I, I try to hit all the HBCUs that I possibly can. I know I got Central University coming up. I got Hampton coming up, Howard coming up. Uh, I'm not sure what else. Bunch of HBU, HBCUs, so shout to all the HBCU students out there. What about you? Well, I'm, in Detroit, I'm in Detroit, and shout out to Cash Doll. I actually moderated a discussion with her during her listening session that was on Friday. Her album was supposed to come out on Friday, but it's been pushed back to the 18th. And I do want to say her album sounds amazing. Okay. It was, sounds really, really great. And what I love about Cash Doll, she's really passionate. Like, it was just a listening. They were playing parts of the album, but she was really standing up and performing everything. She wasn't even playing. Oh. She wasn't just chilling, listening. She was performing. She was having a good time. Her family was there. It was a nice event in Novi out here. And then I did We Run 313. Shout out to everybody from that. So they had this running club out here started mm-hmm. by Joe Robinson and Lance. And they do these runs. They do it on Tuesdays normally, three times a week. Mm-hmm. But once I said I was coming out here, we decided to collaborate. Since I do the Run With Ye running thing back in Brooklyn, I collaborated with them out here. And we did a re- We Run 313 along with uh, Run With Ye. It was a crazy turnout. Shout out to everybody out here. I'm at JLB right now. Mm-hmm. They had their whole street team come out. And it was a big deal. It was nice to see all these people running. Some of them were first-time runners. Dope. And some of them are pretty experts. But it was a two-mile run. And we were running through this, the streets. Yeah, it's time to get my winter body ready. I got to start working on my winter body. What's the winter body? You mean you got to, like, uh, fluff up? I ain't work out in the summer. So I'm, uh, in the spring, so I might as well go to the winter. <laughs> now's a good time to start getting ready for the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I to gotta get back. And I've just been running so crazy. I've been doing so much with real estate and traveling and doing all this. It's it just been a lot. But I got to get back. I feel like no I haven't been working out like I used to. As a matter of fact, because I'm not at home, normally at home I have juices all the time. And I have stuff like pressed juices in the fridge. And all of that, I haven't had anything since I've been out here, and I'm feeling a little under the weather, so I can see the difference. But we all can as a family. Everybody out there, we all a family. Let's get back in the gym. Let's start working right. Let's start start getting our body right, at least until Thanksgiving. Then Thanksgiving, we're going to eat nasty and sloppy, and then Christmas, we're going to eat nasty and sloppy, and then we can start again New Year's. But let's get right for Thanksgiving. Get right for Thanksgiving. No, no, nobody else with me. Just right. in ge- I think you should just be Forget better y'all. in general. Forget That's y'all. all. All right. Eat better, work out whenever you can. All right. Plus, I have that lip service tour coming up. I'm going to be on the road a lot. I was thinking, like, how am I going to work out? So I guess that's a no. You're not going to do it with me. No, I am. Okay, good. All right. Well, we got some people joining us this morning. We have author Ryan Holiday. He'll be joining us. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, Latham Thomas will be joining us. You're not going to explain who those people are, ye? Uh, Well, Ryan Holiday is an author, and he has a book. Uh, You're supposed to go further with it, ye? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was my responsibility. I didn't know where you were going. But Lathan Thomas is a doula. She's been on the show before, mm-hmm. and she has a, a book out that she talks about basically owning your glow. She's the glow maven, so make sure you check her out. But a doula is a person who helps with delivering babies, but the whole process of it, because we have such a high uh, infant mortality rate and all kinds of issues right. with black women in particular. So uh, those numbers are high. So she's here to tell you how you can make sure that you ask the right questions and have a nice, healthy, and happy, chi- uh, happy as can possible uh, experience when you give birth. Okay. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, there is a second whistleblower now coming forward, and... We'll give you some information on that. Also, Botham John will tell you about the person who was one of the key witnesses to testify he's been killed. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Good Club. Good morning. What's happening? Let's get in some front page news. Now, the NFL, the Philly uh, Eagles beat the Jets. Green Bay beat Dallas 34-24. Shut up. Green wow. Bay beat Je- uh, the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> 34-24. Shut up. You said that already. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, New England beat Washington 33-7. Carolina beat Jacksonville 34 34- 27 Arizona beat Cincinnati 26-23. Houston beat Atlanta 53-32. New Orleans beat Tampa Bay 31-24. Oakland beat Chicago 24-21. Baltimore beat Pittsburgh 26-23. Buffalo beat Tennessee 14-7. Denver beat the Chargers 2013. And Indianapolis beat Kansas City 19-13. I think you missed the score. I was traveling because I was in Atlanta. I went to the uh, Tyler Perry grand opening. What was the New York Giants-Vikings uh, score? And tonight in Monday Night Football! Yo, come on, I need to know. Take on Cleveland. Think about all the listeners who might not, who might have missed the scores yesterday because we was busy. What was the score of the Giants Vikings game, Envy? I didn't, I didn't even know the Giants played last oh, yesterday. Oh, okay. Did they I, play? I'm pretty sure it was 28 to 10 Vikings. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't. I that wasn't. makes the Giants two and three now. I mean, me. I mean, it don't mean anything. Just throwing it out there. Just want to keep people informed. Wasn't paying attention. So the Giants and the Cowboys almost have the same record. No, there's no such thing as almost having the same. record. <laughs> I'll go with that. I'll go with that. No. What else are you talking about? We you? have a winning record. The Giants don't. <laughs> All right, a second whistleblower has come forward after uh, talking with intelligence officials. And they are saying this person also has firsthand knowledge of some of the allegations in the original complaint against Donald Trump and his dealings with the Ukraine. So there's all of that going on with this whole impeachment inquiry. So now they're saying that both officials have come forward, the whistleblowers, have full protection of the law intended to protect whistleblowers from being fired in retaliation. So... We will give you more information as that comes this up. This is getting this ridiculous. This person has more information. It's getting ridiculous because I'm like, I don't even know why they need whistleblowers when they've already confessed to every goddamn thing. Not to mention Donald Trump stood on the White House lawn and not only said, should Ukraine investigate Joe Biden, he said China should too. So what's the problem? What are we talking about here? Right. The White House press secretary said that it doesn't matter how many people decide to call themselves whistleblowers about the same telephone call, a call the president already made public. It doesn't change the fact that he's done nothing wrong. Oh, boy. And just because you made it public <laughs> don't mean it's right. And in sad news, both of John's neighbor, who was a key witness in Amber Geiger's trial, was shot to death in Dallas. Joshua Brown, he died at the hospital after getting shot Friday night. Mm. And they, you know what? People were calling him a snitch. For, for taking what? the stand, for taking the stand against the cop? against yes, but what, which but I he think didn't, is, but he, really he didn't, didn't want anything, did he? and you know he really didn't want to take the stand. They actually subpoenaed him, and he was forced to take the stand. He didn't want to do that, but he's been in hiding because he's had some issues with people in the past that were, I guess, coming after him for retaliation for something else they felt like he was involved in. 
And it turns out that the reason why he really didn't want to be out there publicly is he was trying to keep a low profile. He had moved recently, and I guess that just put him on blast. And now everybody was seeing his face everywhere. Mm. And other people are saying that perhaps uh, this was a good way. Because, you know, first when you heard that he was killed in Dallas, you feel like it's tied to this trial in some way. Right. But they're still investigating and, and trying to find out who is the person that mm. shot and killed him. Well, if it's not tied to this trial, that's a hell of a coincidence. Yeah. The timing of that is very, very suspect. All right. Well, last- well, that's why he didn't want to take the stand because he's trying to be in hiding and lay low from other people. That they said it was some street stuff and that, and that mm-hmm. he was low because they didn't want the streets to know where he was, but they made him testify, which told the streets where he was, allegedly. Oh, so yeah. So when you say that he was snitching, it had nothing to do with the Amber Geiger case, right? Could have had something to do with a whole other case, right? Mm-hmm. No, they were talking about him taking the stand in Amber Geiger on social media. People were calling him a snitch for that. So it's which snitching is crazy. to tell on the police? I don't get it. I don't, what am, I'm confused about that. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm confused. All right. People would say that. Ooh, I'm so glad I'm not in the street. All right. Well, oh, that's front page news. Get it off your way chest. Way too many rules than we had when we was young. It was snitching was very was not as complicated as it was back in the day. This whole stuff is com- everything's snitching complicated. Snitching is very complicated. Now. You can snitch on yourself, but then when you do it in court, it, what's the difference? I, they, they've been doing it on themselves all. I, I always I always thought that snitching was if me and somebody else are committing do a crime crimes together, together, correct, and we get locked up, and I tell on that person to save my ass, that's snitching, correct. I didn't know that crime prevention, you know, seeing something and saying something was considered uh, snitching. I'm confused, and I don't even want to know. I'm so glad I'm not in the street. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up, bro? It's your boy, Mello. Mello, what's poppin'? Get it off your chest, bro. Yo, man, first off, I want to shout out to my guy, iPhone Sim. You know what I mean? He just got a new Samsung. And also, I want to ask Charlamagne, like, I understand we about to get ready to impeach Donald Trump, but are you ready for this monster known as Pence? Because he's 10 times worse. Why do you why do y'all call up here repeating Twitter talking points? Like, we don't know, you don't you don't know if Mike Pence is gonna be president. They might get Mike Pence up out of there too because he knows about all of the corruption. And if that happens, then the Speaker of the House becomes president of the United States of America, and I think that's that's Nancy Pelosi, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, but yeah, at the same time, what if he does become president? Now we gotta deal with Thanos. We but Trump is an idiot, but he's he's actually a villain. Bro, right stop now. repeating Twitter talking points. Mike Pence like they, by the way, they got Less than a when when election next year November twenty twenty mm-hmm. okay so you, it, impeachment's gonna take well over a year anyway to actually get him out so you can vote the whole administration out possibly next year hello who's this it's Lafayette Lafayette you're a Trump supporter yeah I'm a Trump supporter free Trump Trump I mean you know these whistleblowers. Who knows if you're telling the truth y'all trying to get paid y'all <laughs> should be fired they, they have transcripts. Huh? What you say? He admitted to it, my brother. Do- Donald Trump. Donald Trump has admitted to exactly what they're saying he did. No, but look, look, look. No, these are peace talks. He can talk to any president because these are peace talks. You can, you can. You, he can legally talk other presidents year after year to talk to other. Uh, yeah, he can talk, but he can't try to get information against somebody who could be running against him for you an election. You can't ask a foreign official to investigate <laughs> a potential candidate. I mean, a potential opponent in the uh, presidential race, sir. Now, other people was asking questions about Trump oh and all God. that. He, Trump be joking. Everybody is <laughs> yeah, Trump like, be joking. I don't think he's, I don't think he's joking, <laughs> the, president, the Ukrainian president. All right, man. You got anything else, man? Yeah, free Bill, uh, I mean, free, uh, I mean, free Bill Cosby. You know, that, that was wrong. That's I, thought, okay. I, I was about to say, Dan, what did Bill Clinton do? I, I met Bill Clinton this weekend, man. 
Bill yeah, Clinton. So he, everybody was hanging out with him at Tyler Perry's. Bill Clinton uh, <laughs> held onto my wife's hand a little too long, and I and Did I told he? I told him that I said, "Yo, you're holding on my wife's hand a little too long." And Bill goes, "You know, you know, Charlemagne, you should really want me to talk to her for like an hour because I'm old and harmless now." I don't know about that. That's what he said to me. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is DJ. What's up, Rapture Club? What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey, I ain't feeling too good today, man. My wife told me that I ain't the man of the house no more. Who's the man of the house, then? I don't know, but she said that because last night she wanted to get freaky. And she thought you <laughs> my hands and it felt so good. I started to hop my back. And I let out a little moan, like, I can't be free if I do something wrong. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. What did I miss here? She what she, she started to get she wanted to get freaky last night and she explored my rear end with her tongue. Oh, she explored your rear end. Oh, she ate your ass. Th- yeah, that's yeah, she yeah, ate your ass, bro. Anybody got time? Why you lost me with this? She explored my rear end with her tongue. Well, like, he what? can say that. You can't say the other one. Right. And I and I started to arch my back. It felt so good. And I, I let out a little <laughs> moan. You know what I mean? Like. Okay, we're moan. not mad at that. Yeah, I want to be free, but... You want to be free? I'm not... Yeah, she think I'm not the man no more. Man, like. you know what you do to her? You say, look, I don't look at you no less because you in my ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, st- you still a lady to me. Yeah, and y'all, y'all moan during sex, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with moaning? Nothing, yeah. but, I, but but I don't moan when I'm getting my ass ate. I'm going to be honest with you. But listen, <laughs> you, tell, you, tell, you tell your wife, don't judge me and I won't judge you. That's, that's what I'm saying. I want to be free. Just like she want to be free. You well, know? you be, you so, be free, bro. What else? You, what else you want to do back there, bro? It sounds like you, you. This is a, a stepping stone for you. Nah, it just, it just felt good. We just stop right there. Nothing else. <laughs> you know? I feel you, King. All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, King. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up! Wake up! Wake your ass! This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Ken. Ken, what up, boy? Get it off your chest, bro. Yeah, um, I'm really happy I'm alive. Um, I moved to North Dakota about two years ago from Philadelphia. And, um, yeah, I'm living my best life. Um, I just crossed the border this evening. Uh, over the weekend, went to see my sister in Winnipeg, and she's doing great. Um, she's got a kid. The kid is 20 months old. Uh, but I, I, the only thing is that she can't get the kid to eat, you mm. know? And I, I really didn't have advice for her for that. What do you I, mean she I can't did. get the kid to eat? Uh, kid is picky, yeah, finicky? The kid, the kid, yeah, the kid, the kid doesn't... And, and, yeah, tell me, you have three kids, right? Yes, sir. How do you get a kid... Eat, to eat like you know regular food the kid only wants to take breast milk right and it's like you know she wants to win the kid off the breast milk so that the kid can eat like regular food but the kid just doesn't want to eat well i got know? i got i got a one-year-old I, I got a one-year-old now and i mean she's she, she's exploring new things but she don't like everything she still like to be on that breast you know what i mean but she like things like the yeah. sweet mashed potatoes and you know things of that nature yeah yeah well, uh, it's wonderful to get and talk talk with you guys. Um, you know, I listen to you guys every day, Charlemagne. I'm so grateful for what you do for um, black people and for society and for speaking through to power. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that. You know, I don't and, know anything um, else. Yeah, but we, and then and, and, and Charlemagne, there are black people in North Dakota. So <laughs> prove it. So one of these days you could show up here. Yep. 
I don't believe you. All right, brother. Somebody has to prove to me that there's black people in North Dakota. Hello, who's this? Dwayne, how you doing, man? Dwayne, what's up, man? Get it off your chest. All right, so, Envy, uh, about a year ago, when a year and a half, Hurricane Maria hit Dominica, right? And I put up a, um, a request for food and stuff on Instagram, and you retweeted it, and I really appreciated it, because a lot of people came and brought stuff, right, for the country. I'm just trying to find out, man, why is it that you've never been to Dominica, man? I'm just having. My dad hasn't been there since he was probably a baby, and I've just never been. There's a lot of places I haven't been. How you how you even visit your homeland, bro? I just haven't been. You gotta set that up, man. You gotta set that up. You gotta go and see where your dad is from, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been trying, but I just haven't had the opportunity yet. All right, man. So we definitely gotta set that up. It's a beautiful island, man. All you all of you should go. Matter of fact, Charlemagne and Angelique. Okay. Alrighty. I'm trying to make it out there, brother. Hello, who's this? Yo, it's your boy Matty Ice. Man. What's up? What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Oh, it's my birthday, man. I'm blessed to see you another year. Happy Give birthday. Shout out to me for your birthday. Oh, thanks, Angela. You're so sweet. What's up with the rest of y'all, man? I'm blessed, black, and highly birthday, favored, sir. He wanted y'all to say happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, bro. Oh, is today your birthday? Yes, he just said that. It was his birthday. Okay, happy born day, King. How you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I want y'all to start singing, man. Wake up. You, what is the same thought singing? To you? <laughs> All right, you ready? Uh, now we yeah, go sing. It's your birthday. That's all I got for him. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now, we got rumors on the way? Uh, yes, we are going to be talking about Damian Lillard. He is going in on Shaq again. I rest my case. Shaq got another one for him, though. Shaq got another one for him. <laughs> all right, let's go. All right, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk to Joker. It's time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Yee? Well, Joker's opening weekend is amazing. They said it did way better than they thought it would. It made over $95 million domestically during the opening weekend, which is the biggest October debut ever. Wow. I heard the joke is yeah. incredible. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, we both, me and Envy, went to go see it. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a comic book fan, so I thought it was going to be the, a continuation. I don't know why I didn't really, really read up on it. I thought it was going to be a continuation of kind of like Dark Knight. The joke is going to be bang, bang, shoot him up, but it's the origin of the joke, and once you get that, it's, it's really good. I heard that. I want to go see it. I'm going to go see it this week. Yeah, so it was. I think got security in movie theaters because well, some they're afraid of white boys wilding out. Yeah, there were all kinds mm -hmm. of people making threats and everything about going to the movies to see this. So they've had to make sure that they have extra uh, NYPD officers in New York City and in LA. They canceled some screenings after they said there was a quote credible threat. Mm. All right, Damian Lillard versus Shaq. This is not stopping anytime soon, it looks like. Damian Lillard has another diss song against Shaq. I rest my case. Check it out. I think you're being kind of sketchy. You should have left me. Sensitive, I almost confused you with Lisa Leslie. How you swing on Chuck and then try to go be his bestie? Loving my spits full of men, you be looking zesty. What you thought, because you popular, this shit was sweet. We spot insecurities far away in the east. I don't want to hear it, don't bargain with me for peace. Because we going to shoot it out till you bow and just never speak. I mean it, I'm not the one, I don't care about what you did. What you done lately, don't tell me about what was then. When you was in your prime getting faded off fifths of hand. I was rocking J's and my pops was in Sadie Benz. Dropping the clues bounce with Damian Lillard. What, what, what if Lisa Leslie isn't sensitive, though? What if Lisa Leslie's emotional IQ is higher than him and Shaq? How do you think she feels yeah. about that bar? 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Not too great. All right, now Shaq has responded with the second round knockout freestyle. Trying to act like a superstar important your local. Same kids in your last flow, switch up your vocals. I can tell in your flow that you rattle. How you a battle rapper in your real job, you ain't win no battle. See you rap cause you need a dog, I do it for sport. When you run, I see that tampon string in your shorts. And you shoot too much, dudes on your team hate it. Keep talking, make a phone call, get you traded. You probably chose zero cause you thought it was hot. You ain't hard cause in real life, you dress like a thot. First finger that I gave you, son, I meant to help you. I'm so mad, even God. I can't help you. Drop on the clue for Shaq. Listen. My goodness. Tampon string. I hate when that hangs out and you don't realize. Okay, yeah. Let's be clear, though. I love Shaq, but these aren't even close, and I'm going to tell you why. I told you on this radio last week, it's NBA players who might have better flows, better lyrics than Shaq, but when it comes to making songs, I have never heard an NBA player make better songs than Shaq. So if Correct. Shaq wants to beat Dame, he has to make a good diss record, a song, not bars. Don't go bar to bar. Nah, you don't mess with don't Damian with the bars. Don't go bar for bar with Damian. When mm -hmm. it comes to bars, it's not even close. Damian Lillard is... He's a rapper. Yeah. So you're giving, that, that, so you're giving that round to Damian Lillard? What is round? what you're saying. I haven't heard I've, everything I've just, heard. This one from what you just heard, these two. I've heard two songs. I've heard two freestyles from Damon, whatever you call those, and Damon's bodied them. Like, it's not even okay. close. Yeah, Damon's a rapper. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Shaq has to make a good song. You know how when Drake made back-to-back, -back, or, or hit him up with an actual record? Like, Shaq has to make a record. Don't go right, ball now, ball with him. Let's talk about 50 Cent. He's producing a docuseries about Takashi 6ix9ine. And according to this scripted series, it'll focus on Takashi, Snoop Dogg, uh, Scott Storch, Ray Fair Alston, and 50 Cent himself. It's called A Moment in Time. It's going to have six to eight hour long episodes dedicated to each subject. Why? So, yeah, 50's framing Takashi's story about his very controversial and kind of brief rap career. And also, you know, 50's been trying to get these movie rights for Takashi, so we'll see what happens. What is but it going to be called? The Rat? A documentary in the works. The Rat Tamer? Rat Trap? I don't know. Snoop's Rat episodes King. are going to focus on his murder trial, which happened when Doggy Style was out. And right. Ray Ferrellson is going to talk about him, uh, his journey from being a streetball legend to the 20, NBA. 2009 NBA Finals. Skip to my low. Yeah, I mean, those are all great stories. I would love to see all those stories. I don't think the Kaji 6 9 deserves a whole documentary, bro. Not when you compare him to those people we just nah, named. I mean, not, it's still interesting, though, and it's... And it's new, it's relevant, I'm sure the kids are watching, but the fact yeah. the way it came from... Yeah, it's like when they show all those CSI stories about cases that are happening right now. He was a rapper, he didn't pop, and then he was a... I believe he was a crip at one time, and then he went to blood, and then everything behind him, and 50, then how it all fell down. 50. It's interesting. IGTV, all right? Shoot the documentary and put it out on IGTV. That's what Takashi 6 I thought 6 there was a Snapchat one coming out. I don't know about that, I'm but I know it's... Uh, 50's verified, so he can put up the 20, 30 minutes on his IGTV. Takashi right, 6 9 Takashi, doc on IGTV. In the meantime, according to new legal documents that the blast has obtained, he's asking the judge to expedite his sentencing because he wants to start his prison sentence right away. He's cooperated, given up even more than he had to, so now he wants to hurry up and get sentenced so he can hurry up and come home. So that is what he's asking for I don't right think now. he'll get much of a sentence. I think he'll get time served. Well, he probably wants to know now he wants to come home. Mm -hmm. yeah, he was facing a minimum of 47 years in federal prison, but they're saying that will be drastically reduced. Three to five. what happens. Imagine they still gave him 47 years. Amazing. Oof. That would be hilarious. That would be, that would be crazy. Oh, my goodness. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Him 46. So you can give him, I think he get, get left in 47. Get 46? 46 years. They, they would never do that because then nobody would ever snitch again. They're like, you know what I mean? That's not right. true. There's a protocol. I'm sure they've cut if, if, if you go do that much snitching and you still get 46 years? Yeah, but if he was facing 100. 
So, okay. so you, you happy with 99? No, you happy with 46 if you was facing 100. Right, at least it's hope. All right. All you right. might come home. Uh, we got front page news next year. What are we talking about? Yes, we are going to be talking about, uh, since we're talking about people telling on people, imagine being a mother and turning your own son in. We'll tell you what happened. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. In NFL, all right, the Philly uh, Eagles beat the Jets 31-6. Green Bay beat Dallas 34-24. Green Bay beat Dallas 34-24. You repeated that uh, already. Green Bay, oh, I'm sorry. Minnesota beat, never mind. New England beat nah, Washington. No, 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 no. I need to know who Minnesota beat. Who I don't know. Minnesota beat? Oh, they actually I, I, lost I, was the Yankees. Flying, I was flying all weekend. I was in and out of Atlanta. When, who did the Minnesota beat? They didn't, the Yankees beat Minnesota. Let me look at. Hold on. Oh, it's right here. The Minnesota Vikings beat the New York Giants 28 to 10. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. The New York Giants are now two and three. The Minnesota Vikings are three and two. All right. Okay. So that means that the Minnesota Vikings have a winning record. The Giants don't. You know who else has a winning record still? I don't the know. Dallas Cowboys. I really don't know. They stand at 3-2. and two. I didn't watch. Mm-hmm. And New England beat Washington 33-7. Carolina beat Jacksonville 34-27. Arizona beat Cincinnati 26-23. Houston beat Atlanta 53-32. New Orleans beat Tampa Bay 31-24. Oakland beat Chicago 24-21. Baltimore beat Pittsburgh 26-23. Buffalo beat Tennessee 14-7. Denver beat the Chargers 20-13. Indianapolis beat Kansas City 19-13. And tonight, the 49ers take on the Browns. What else we got, Easy? Let's talk about a mother who turned in her 17-year-old son to police because she found some plans that he had in his journal. He wanted to carry out a school shooting on the anniversary of the Columbine High School massacre. Here's what she told CBS News. It's devastating. I know I did all I can do and that I made the right choice. How does that make you feel as a mom? Like I've done something wrong. My son told him that he was into creative writing and that it was just a story. She, I don't feel like she did anything wrong. And the reason I don't feel like she did anything wrong is because we don't know, you know, what type of issues her son is dealing with. And parents have to be responsible for our children at mm-hmm. all times. And to me, that's being a responsible parent. Very smart. The boy could get help now instead of going Absolutely. to jail for the rest of his life. He can get Absolutely. help and hopefully it, it'll change his ways. Clearly that, man, clearly that man needs some type of help. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, he can get it now because his mom saw something and said something. All right, now Donald Trump had about 300 young black supporters inside of the White House on Friday, and he definitely was playing to his audience. Here's what he said. African-Americans built this nation. You know, you're just starting to get real credit for that. Okay, I don't know if you know that. We all built it, but you were such a massive part of it. Bigger than you were given credit for. Does that make sense? Well, he's right, but tell us something we don't know. And uh, how about he said, "I don't know if you know that." (laughs) Duh. Well, I mean, maybe nobody in that room did because you know, let's get compensated for it now. Like, that was a great time for somebody in that room to bring up the conversation about reparations. Nobody's asked the actual president about uh, his stance on reparations yet. Now, why were they there again? Uh, Donald Trump was just having like a mini rally, I guess, trying to get just fighting some bros over. Yeah, just you no, know. I thought it was a conference or something. I thought it was a yeah. They it turned into like a mini rally for him. No, I thought so I think was it was an actual talking. conference that he was speaking at. Mm, I don't know. That's what I asked. Well, yeah, it was at the White House on Friday. Okay. And so, just uh, never heard him say that before. <laughs> All right, Bernie Sanders is feeling better, and he released a video to make sure that you guys know he is okay. Hello, everybody. We're in Las Vegas. I just got out of the hospital, and I'm feeling so much better. I just want to thank all of you for the love and warm wishes 
uh, that you sent to me. See you soon on the campaign trail. All right, so fortunately, you know, he's been having some heart problems. Yeah, what is he supposed so to say, though? Okay. I, yeah, I like Bernie Sanders, but man, when people have been clowning you for being old and saying you're too old to be president and then you have a heart attack and you got to get stems put in your heart, that's not a good look. If you really love Bernie Sanders, man, and, and you know, you think his ideas are good for the country, I think you would tell him to, tell him to stand down. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, like, like seriously. I would tell him to stand down because yeah. being a president is very stressful. Being on that campaign trail is very stressful. I don't think it's worth your health and, you know, your life. That's just my point of view, though. All right. And a rest in peace and condolences to Joshua Brown's family. He was Botham John's neighbor. He's the person that was the key witness in the trial against him. And people are wondering, how did this manage to happen just right after Amber Geiger was sentenced? because his testimony was so key. So they are offering a reward to anybody who wants to help find out who murdered Joshua Brown. There is a $100,000 reward, according to Sean King. He said, my friend and brother Bill Perkins is providing $100,000 for the reward to help us find out who murdered Joshua Brown. He was a lead witness in the murder of both of them, Jean, and was shot and killed right there in his apartment complex. We will not stop until we find out who did this. Damn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is front page news. Oh, now, yeah, yeah. And uh, Trump was speaking at the second annual Black Leadership Summit. Okay. Yeah, that's what that was. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Now, when we come back, author Ryan Holiday will Man, be joining us. Ryan Holiday is one of my favorite authors. Uh, he's real big on stoic wisdom. Uh, when I read my daily affirmations in the morning, I read out of his daily stoic book. I love his book, Ego is the Enemy, Obstacle is the Way, Trust Me, I'm Lying. And he's got a new book out called Stillness is the Key. Okay. Amazing read. And Ryan Holiday is coming up next. All right, we'll kick it with him next. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. VH1's True Crime docuseries is back tonight at 9, 8 central. While the past generation of narcos might be dead, the cartel is still alive. This season, the crew is crossing into new territory. Don't miss the new season of Cartel Crew tonight at 9, 8 central on VH1. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. My guy. He's the author of Stillness is the Key, his new book, Ryan Holiday. What's up, my brother? Not much. Thanks for having me. How are you, man? I'm really good. Really it's good. so hard to be still in this day and age. Yeah, what is stillness, man, and why is it the key? It's, uh, it's, it's always been hard, right? There's this guy, Blaise Pascal, 500 years ago. He said... Uh, all of humanity's problems stem from our inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Mm-hmm. That's before Facebook. That's before Instagram. Even before text messaging. Yeah. They <laughs> did this study recently. People would rather shock themselves than sit alone in a room with their thoughts for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. They'd rather feel physical pain than be quiet and not moving. You know what's interesting? Like, the only time I feel like I'm disconnected is if I go uh, jogging in the park, right? Yeah. But then I also can't do it without listening to music. I think music's all right. I think music's all right. But but what is interesting is that's probably one of the best parts of your day. It is. Because you have have good ideas That's when I come up with all my ideas. Totally. And so what I I was thinking about in the book and what I've been thinking about in my life, if those are the the moments where I do my best work, Mm -hmm. why am I not building my life around those moments? Why am I just letting it it happen accidentally and so I, I want to be like really intentional about building that in there be- not just because it's like spiritual but because like that will make me better at life are, are humans really wired to enjoy the moment like it seems like you know worry about the past and the future is just inevitable yeah I think we're we're the opposite of wired to enjoy the moment like if you think about it like that 
inability to ever have enough to always want to do the next thing mm -hmm. that serves us really well as a species that's why people go on you know explore new continents and why they you know a, a million dollars isn't enough they got to make a billion dollars so it's good for the humanity but it's probably not fun to be elon musk yeah you know what i mean it's a grind because there's never enough what about and, Donald Trump? You think that's fun? I mean, he's got to be having the least <laughs> amount of fun than any human being on the planet. I can feel that way about you in a way, though. How come? Because you're always putting out books. So what I think about is, like, I love the process of creating. Okay. And the, the published, finished thing, that's like, that comes out the other side. Got you. That's, that's the byproduct. What I'm not thinking about as I'm writing is, like, how can I publish this? How many copies is got it going to sell? You got to love gotcha. the craft of the thing. And so, teaching, I guess. Yeah, 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 and having yeah having something to say. So when do you sit still? Do you I, sit still? Yeah, of course. He of was course. just out there sitting still, waiting to come in. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I got a couple things that I think are, are pretty practical for people. So uh, number one, I think you get up early. You guys obviously have to do this part of your job, but mm -hmm. the benefit of that is like you wake up before everyone else, so there's less stuff happening. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's my drive to work. My drive to work is the best. A mm -hmm. forty-five to an hour, no radio, no calls, nothing. So yeah, drive. I tell people it's like wake up before your kids. Don't don't let the kid decide that the morning starts with chaos. Have a little bit of time there. So I think getting up early is important. My new thing is. I don't touch my phone for the first 30 minutes to one hour of the day. That's like right. I go straight in to whatever the main thing I have to do is before I see what Donald Trump tweeted while I was sleeping. Right. See, my phone has my alarm on it. So the first thing I do is look at my phone and then I see all the text messages oh, I missed while I was asleep. So you're starting the day on your yes. back foot. Do you, uh, <laughs> do you sleep with your phone in your room? Yeah, because it's my alarm. So, I mean, look, an alarm clock's like six bucks. <laughs> like, buy, buy an alarm no, clock. I'll buy you one for Christmas. It's just sheet. so convenient. Can't let other people set the tone for your day. Yeah. Now, you also talk about envy and jealousy in the book and how harmful that me? can be. <laughs> yes, you, envy. You're harmful. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the, the Theodore Roosevelt quote is, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. If, like, you go, my job was to have a radio show. My job was to be a best-selling author. You, you get that, and you think, this is awesome. And then you go, but this guy sold 10 more copies than me. Mm -hmm. This isn't good anymore. It's the comparison that takes away the enjoyment of the thing that we earned. What I try to think about is, like, I want my success to be defined by things that I control and then everything else is extra. So like, so this book came out this week. I feel like I'm not perfect and I don't think anyone is. I do care about the results, but I feel like I already took 90% of my winnings off the table before release day. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I know I put all the work in. I know I said what I wanted to say. I know it's the best I was capable of. Right. And then so where it hits on the list, how many copies, what that first check looks like. Mm -hmm. I, you did your part. I, I did. I, and, and so my definition is mostly what was I capable of, mm -hmm. not what this commit. Like the New York Times list is a committee. That It's not objective reality. N none of the, a Nobel Prize is not an object, objective right. reality. None of this is, right? And so uh, I'm not going to hand my satisfaction and my happiness over to these people. I'll give you an example. My, 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 my book, which I think is how we connected, The Obstacles Away, uh, that book sold like a million copies. Mm -hmm. It hit the bestseller list for the first time five years after it came out. Wow. That's not an indication <laughs> of all. objective reality. Yeah, right, that doesn't um, make sense. And, and like if you think about in history, think about all the super talented people that didn't get the awards or the recognition mm -hmm. they deserved because they were black or they were Jewish or they were a woman. Like the idea that you're going to let success be defined by people who uh, have their own agenda is really sh 
and not a good. Sorry, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> it's not. It's not. A, it's not a good idea. You're you're taking you're taking your happiness and you're handing the control of it to somebody else. But do you have kids? You have kids, right? Yeah, I do. I got How two young kids. kids. I got a three-year-old and a four-month-old. Now, see, for me, and I, I don't know if Charlamagne feels the same. I look at my parents and I see them had to do jobs that they necessarily might not have loved, but they did it because they had to support their family. Mm-hmm. So for myself. Thank God I'm doing a job that I love, but I want to keep it in my family. I want to make sure that my kids always have the opportunity to do what they enjoy and not necessarily focus on the money. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the reason why we get stressed out and it's hard for me to sit still sometimes because I always think of them. Sure. But what I kind of took from my parents that I think helps me in, in my job because I get to do my dream too is it's like they saw it as a job. So like I'm not going to I'm not going to be like, "Oh, I'm not feeling it today." Or like, you know, like I I show up and treat this like a job. Even though I love it, mm-hmm. it's like I'm it's not work. Yeah, it is it's work and how the ethic I bring to it is a reflection of my character. Well, now what's I'm, your journey been like to stillness because I'm sure coming up you had your own issues that you were grappling with to make you come to realize how stillness is the key. Yeah, I think one of the things I took is is uh, I've been thinking a lot about is like no amount of in external success will make you feel good internally. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times ambitious people, they're like, if I just do this, I just get this, like dad will be proud of me. Right. But it's like, you can't earn that. If you don't have it already, you're never going to get it. Or you want to prove people wrong or you want to shove it in their face. <laughs> uh, or or you just think like, if I get this, like I'll be worthwhile as a person. And that's where like the therapy comes in. That's where the mental health stuff comes in. Mm-hmm. That's where, so I, I've had to do a lot of work there. And and the other thing I've been, I've been thinking about is like, you don't make good decisions when you're just doing, doing, doing. Like right. I, early in your career, you got to say yes to everything. But there comes a time where it's got to shift. Absolutely. Because now you got more opportunities than Absolutely. you know what to do with. And if you don't do that, that's when you agree to that thing that takes your eye off the ball and then someone steals your spot. All right, we got more with Ryan Holiday. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with author Ryan Holiday. Charlamagne? Could you tell the people what Satori is? Oh, Sat- Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the... It's that, say, that, say it again? Satori. Satori. It's, it's where you get in meditation when you get that sort of flash of insight. It's like when enlightenment hits. How do you get there? I think you get there with quiet. You get there with thinking. You get there with work. Uh, you know, people think like enlightenment is this thing you buy in a box or you can take some psychedelic and you magically... No, like <laughs> wisdom, wisdom takes work. You got to ask people questions. You got to challenge yourself. You, like you're going to therapy for months and months and months and then one day it just clicks. That's what that moment is. I like what you said too about Satori. You say no one can get to Satori by focusing on what's obvious or by sticking with the first thought that pops into your head. I feel like that's 90% of the content on social media. Yeah, People yeah. just say the first thing that comes to their head instead yeah. of thinking about it. And they never think, like, I'm going to regret this. I think we're seeing this in sports, too. Somebody's pissed after a game. They rush to Twitter to say what they thought, what right. they think mm-hmm. or how they feel. And it's like, dude, feelings are passing. Now your relationship with this person is defined by this thing you said to millions of people. And... Uh, you know, uh, there's a still quote, it's better to trip with your feet than with your tongue. Mm. You cannot unsay things. Right. You know, you can get back up after you fall, but you can't unsay That's things. That's why I've always been really cautious about what I do say and what I put out there. A lot. Of, the trick that I do is before I react to something, I count to 10 backwards in my head. Mm-hmm. If I know that I'm going to say something 
I might regret later or, you know, you want to get it off your chest right away. Because some people feel like restricting yourself from saying those things is not a good thing. Like, you yeah. have to say it. Sure. Say what you feel. You're censoring yourself. But I feel like sometimes I might not feel that way yeah. tomorrow. Depends what it is. Because like, like you said, if, if I've actually thought about it yeah. and it's not an obvious thought, like it's something that nobody else sure. has brought to the table yet, I'm bringing it to the table. But if yeah. you're angry at somebody and you react, I don't think that's always the best reaction. I've the- never once been glad I lost my temper. There are times I'm glad I stood up for myself, mm-hmm. but I, it wasn't when I was doing it out of anger. It's right. when I thought about it, you know? So what, what I th- what, one of the tests I use, I go like, what if I didn't see this? So somebody sends me this email and I go like, what if my phone just like ate it and I never saw it? <laughs> like, and I, if I didn't respond, would it matter? You know? And so I go like, I, I kind of use like deliberately, like just pretending I didn't get stuff. <laughs> Now, I, I like to slow down, think deeply, Chapter. You break down what Mr. Rogers taught kids to do. Have you guys seen Mr. Rogers lately, the TV show? I saw the documentary. documentary. If you remember the intro of the show, what's the first thing you see? It's a flashing yellow light. Like, slow, slow down. down, man. Yeah. Um, and if and that's his energy. And, like, I think about it now because I got... Yeah, he's mad. I'm thinking about it now. He was mad, slow, folding his jacket, yeah. sitting down to all <laughs> He wasn't slow. He was just going his own he's pace. Walking, that, he but that, strolls but that in the pace house. He wasn't compared from to other you people. Tell that. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Pittsburgh. Right. <laughs> um, but, but you compare that to, like, most kids' shows, it's like, wait, why am I teaching my kid to be, like, a hyped-up spaz? That's, right. like, the opposite of <laughs> what I want. And like, so I love that slow energy. <laughs> that's why New York, that's why the, the, the energy in New York is whack. Yeah. Super fast. Everybody going so fast for Nobody no reason. Down. I have to slow myself down when I leave New York. I remember when I Hi, first neighbor. really started traveling and going places, and I'd be so impatient with everything. Like, yeah. even just getting my change back, I'm not even in a rush. And you're like, oh, my God, what's taking them so long? And I have to consciously be like, okay, Angela, everybody is not in a rush. I talk fast. I move fast. I do. And sometimes I have to force myself to just slow down. You know what I think? I go, like, where am I rushing to? This isn't going anywhere. Even when you're driving and you have road rage. And I think that's important, too, because people do make a lot of... I stopped that five years ago. I used to have road rage. I don't really have road rage anymore because I have to always tell myself, worst case scenario, I'll be a little late. Now, people are killing each other now. That's Mm -hmm. why I don't do road rage no more. They'll kill you for cutting them off. Well, and if you could ever catch yourself, like, in the mirror, Mm -hmm. having some road rage, you're like... This is so right. lame. Looks this looks pathetic. <laughs> you know, like, who am I yelling at myself? I'm the only one who can hear. Give me. somebody a finger. F you, F you back. But yeah, stupid. I love one twelve. That's my favorite chapter in the whole book. Which one is that? Aware desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about John F. Kennedy, mm-hmm. and you say a person enslaved to their urges is not free, whether a plumber or a president. Yeah. yeah. And you talk a lot about John F. Kennedy and how he would treat people and react in situations. Yeah. Talk the, about the aware desire chapter. Yeah. So on the one hand. Kennedy is great, right? In the Cuban Missile Crisis, it's all about self-control, mm-hmm. discipline. But also, he cheated on his wife during, thir- his during the 13 <laughs> days. That, like, instead of being home with his family, the world's about to end. He's like, let me hook up with a college girl. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not power. That's slavery. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that guy is not in control of himself. Mm-hmm. That's what addiction looks like. And, uh, and eventually, like, we think we can keep those spheres of our life separate, right? Like, I think Tiger Woods is a great example of this. Like, best golfer in the history of the game, maybe one of the best athletes of all time. And he thought, well, but over here I can be in chaos and I can do bad things. But eventually... It caught up. They, they, they crash into each other and one destroyed the other for a decade. He lost Absolutely. a decade of being the best in the world because couldn't check his desires. And so you want to go like, if I actually get this, you don't think about like how it's going to feel having sex. You think about 
that period right after you have it. And you're yeah. like, eh. The guilt, yeah. you know, the lying that you're going to have to do to your significant other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you can flash forward, you go, okay, I don't, I don't need this. This is my mind lying to me saying that this is going to be amazing, and it won't be. Right. What I found so interesting about that chapter, though, like JFK, that, that desire was passed down to him from his father. From, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to work. Like, yeah, he had a father who cheated on his wife. He had a father who told him nurse grudges. He had a father who told him, like, you can get away with whatever you want. And so we can pick up bad habits from our childhood, mm -hmm. and, we, and that you got to do that work. Because what happens is, is you get from your dad or whatever that, like, you're only powerful, you're only a man if you do X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. And that's not true. And so you got to be constantly checking those assumptions. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, still, this is the key is out right now. Yes. Ryan Instagram Holiday. and Twitter and all that good stuff, right? At Ryan Holiday. Also, I got you something. We're this talking about Russian. Brother. This, is a, this is a ring I wear, but I think you'd like it. Wow. Memento Mori. I got one for you, too. Mm -hmm. uh, Memento Mori. Memento Mori, right? So we're talking about, like, where am I rushing towards? Mm -hmm. What we're rushing towards is death, right? We all die. Ooh. So let's slow it <laughs> Let's slow it down. I don't need to get through this interview right. to go on to the next one. I don't need to get my change. Like, mm. every moment is a moment. Time is valuable. Yeah. One of the, one of the quotes that changed my life, uh, Seneca, he said, like, death is not in the future. Every second that passes belongs to death. Right? Mm. Like, so as things are passing, as you're rushing through life, because you think you're dying, like we're, di we're dying. So stop looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> right? No, look forward to, <laughs> right. look forward to enjoying this, whatever it is, uh -huh. even if it's stuck in traffic, even if it's uh, bad weather. It's like, because this is it. This literally might be it. It could be the last thing. Live every Absolutely. moment like it's your last, baby. That's why yeah. I say all the time people mm -hmm. be rushing, like, are you in a rush to die? Why are you speeding for? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? What are you walking fast towards? Like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, slow down. Slow down, enjoy it, make the most of it, and be be present, right? When, if you're worried about the past, uh, sorry, if you're dwelling on the past or you're worried about the future, what you're not doing is seizing and getting the most out of whatever this moment is. Word. Right. Still, this is the key is out right now. It's my man Ryan Holiday. It's the Breakfast you. Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. What's happening? Happy Monday, everybody. That's right. Happy Monday. Now, uh, Charlamagne, you were out uh, in uh, Atlanta for Tyler Perry's opening, right? I was, man. Uh, driving a cruise box for Tyler Perry. Uh, what happened this weekend is something you really can't describe. It's something you had to experience. You know, first of all, it, it wasn't lost on me the historical significance of what Tyler Perry has done, man. A black man literally has his own studio that's bigger than all the other Hollywood studios, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's in black-ass Atlanta. Okay, we, we have all these conversations about black ownership. That's a bigger than them combined, right? Yes. Bigger than them combined. Yeah, yeah, we have all, it's 332 acres. We, we, we have all of these conversations about black ownership and building our own. Tyler has done that in a way that I didn't even think was possible. Like, I've never thought of the possibility of a black man owning his own studio. It seems like the bar for so long has always been, like, a production company. You know what I'm saying? You produce your shows, produce your films, but mm -hmm. Tyler is forcing everybody to dream bigger, and, and sh he shows you that the possibilities are limitless as long as you dare as long as you don't limit your dreams. You know? Absolutely. And, and that's, that's all he kept saying over and over. Like, I just want y'all to dream bigger, dream bigger, dream bigger. So it was just an incredible weekend, man. Like, don't, don't get caught up in the who was there. Like, pay attention to the historical significance of what, what this actually is. Oh, man. Yes, and, and the, I, I always have been supportive of Tyler Perry and his movies. I know people have criticized him a lot. Oh, I've definitely but criticized just him the fact, Just the fact that he was able to get himself to the position that he's in from doing, from being homeless... 
to doing mm-hmm. the plays, to making them into movies, and, making sure that black people get work, make sure that he, that's an amazing story and, in and, and of itself. And, he, and, and he, having these human stories that no matter what race you are, people can relate to. And he did it by being unapologetically black and unapologetically catering to black people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he mm-hmm. he actually did everything in Hollywood they try to tell you not to do. They want you to be mainstream and they want you to cater to white people and you know, nah. He did he did it by being unapologetically he did it his black. Way. And, and catering to his own people. That's and man, why I could never understand why people used to go in on him. Like other no, that's not true. directors. Why? Well, if, it's, if you're critiquing the art, like all art can be critiqued. Like that, if, no, if, They would if go in on art. him like he was setting black people back. And I'm like, how is that? Well, I'll tell you what. One of those people that went in on him, man, uh, Tyler Perry, I mean, named the soundstage after him. And that, that was Spike Lee. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Spike, Spike Lee was there. Spike Lee Spike was, there, too, was right? there. Spike Lee got his own soundstage. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Wow, that's big. Listen, I haven't got to that level of forgiveness in my life yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But some people are better off than me, and Tyler Perry is clearly one of them when it comes to uh, the, the forgiveness aspect of things. Absolutely. And I also think when you're successful and doing really well, it's a lot easier to forgive. you like, well, I'm happy, I'm blessed, no reason to have any grudges. Nah, because you can be pettier. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. Because I, I think I, I got to be yeah. a little pettier, but hey. I think, I think actually being successful makes you, get, you can give somebody your ass to kiss even more. I don't need you. Burn mm-hmm. that bridge. That bridge is burnt. Bye. You know what I'm saying? You not that need- you have to work with somebody, but I'm saying you cannot really... I, I think forgiveness is easier when things are going great. Well, I just That's like the all. fact that he gave Spike Lee a soundstage because Spike Lee is very deserving. And, you know, even though those brothers may have had a difference in opinion back in the day on certain things, they all grown now. They've evolved. And drop on the clues, Miles Tyler Perry. And the brunch on Sunday, mm-hmm. Bishop T.D. Jakes gave a sermon. Lord have mercy. My God. Bishop T.D. Jakes gave a sermon about catfish. And if you wasn't there, I'm not going to sit here and tell you. Maybe he'll release it online one day. Mm -hmm. But, boy, catfish keep you fresh. That's what I'm going to tell y'all. Okay? Okay. And sometimes you got to let your storm get you to your destination. You don't even got to stay the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Let God guide that ship. And Yolanda Adams performed at the brunch, and the Clark sisters, and Smokey Novel. Lord have mercy. Are you feeling good? You feel you feel real blessed. I feel great. I had a I had a great weekend. That was a great uh, date 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 weekend. Okay. Did you go to BET Awards? No, I didn't get to go to the BET Awards, mm. man. I wanted to go, but you know. I thought you was performing. Mm-hmm. Performing? I thought you and uh, Duval was doing Black Man No Cheap. We had some plans, but you know, time <laughs> didn't permit because they only gave him a certain amount of time mm. to do uh, certain records, so it wouldn't have made no sense. Plus, I, you know, I, had, I was invited to the Tyler Perry thing. Okay. So. All yeah. right. Now we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, let's talk about Kanye West and Sunday service. He did his Sunday service in Salt Lake City mm-hmm. and has some things to say in support of Donald Trump. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kanye. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Kanye West did his Sunday service in Salt Lake City, and he talked about the Republican Party and how they freed the slaves and how he supports Donald Trump. Here's what he had to say. Uh, 
technically Kanye's not wrong, but he's 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 leaving out a lot of that story. It's very important. That's a long time ago it, that it, Republican it, Party. It's very important to note that the Republican Party's values were totally different back then. And, mm -hmm. and after 1912, the party underwent an ideological shift to the right. And after the Civil Rights Act and after the Voting Rights Act, that's when the, the core base shifted and those racists in the South became more Republican. Okay, so he goes on to talk about social media and says, do not read the comments on the Internet. Those people don't know you like that. Social media is designed to make you think slower. They want to slow you down and control you. I agree with that. Whole and he goes on to talk about criminal justice reform and how there's one in three African-Americans in jail in this country. And then he did Jesus Walks. And there was about seven to 10,000 people out there. That album, Jesus is King, was supposed to come out last week. Yeah, what happened? And then it was supposed to come out on Sunday. I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, I guess sometime soon it could they drop said October, any day. End of October, I, I think they said. Well, I think an album like that, it may not come when you call, but it should always be on time. So, you know. All right. Well, since you say that, let's talk about Ja Rule. He was on Watch What Happens Live, and he is saying that he just wants to move past all of this 50 Cent drama. We've been having this ongoing feud now for like, I don't know, it seems like 15 years yeah. or something like that. And I think it's time that we've grown past it. You do. <laughs> I am removing myself oh boy. from the circus. Okay. No more. Because, no, because what I what I realized is when you entertain clowns, you become a part of the circus. Okay. Yeah, well, that's not gonna okay. work. <laughs> that was a little dig. Now, of course, Andy Cohen asked him to say three nice things about 50, and that didn't go well either. He's a bad father. Oh. He uh, I did. He got like a big square, like box head. Oh, I thought. And, and one more thing, one more thing. What else could I say nice? Oh. He looks like his breath stinks. Oh, all the time. Like okay. All the time. I actually yeah. thought that this was going to be something positive. <laughs> Well, there it goes. That was okay, fast. Okay, well, that was not really Grand opening, grand closing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, besides just talking about 50, they also discuss other things like Ashanti, where she's singing for J-Lo and that whole reference track situation. So he cleared that up. Is it true that Ashanti sung J-Lo's vocals in the beginning of her career? No, that's not true. Uh, was that a rumor? Was that a... Yes. Oh, let, me, let me clear this story up. So I wrote I'm Real for Jennifer Lopez. And... I sung the original version of it as a Demo. reference. Okay. But I sound terrible, of course, on the reference. So Ashanti then sung the reference for Jennifer Lopez. And when they mixed down the record, Irv left some of the vocals underneath. It's amazing right, to so. me how people love to hear those old hip-hop stories. It's interesting. I like hearing them, too. I'm not mm -hmm. going to sit in and tell you anything. I didn't know that. No, that was very interesting. Yeah, that's why it's a story. You know, that's why watching Angie Martinez's show on WeTV, the untold stories of hip-hop, people love that, to hear those stories yep. they never heard before. All right, now Tiffany Haddish has said that she is going to set some boundaries moving forward. She's been very open about her public life and talking about things, but she posted a video on YouTube, the 10 things you should always keep to yourself. And amongst those things is the biggest goals that you have, good deeds you've done, your personal life, your wealth, your life philosophy, family problems, other people's secrets, fears, weaknesses, resentment about the past and your talents. And so she's been taking notes on some of those things. And she tweeted out after watching this video, I'm going to be a different type of entertainer. I am done being an open book. Sorry, world. No more raw entertainment from me. And she said, but if you do me wrong, everyone will know. So just know that that will still happen if you do her wrong. We can be public about that. And she also said that a couple of things recently could spark some feathers, but 
she said, there's some things that I might have said or did two weeks ago that might hit the fan. But all truth, so I am not tripping. That's it. I am no longer helping scrapes on my boots get rich. Drop on the clues bombs for Tiffany Haddish. I saw Tiff this weekend. But, you know, like I, you can't volunteer certain information. You put certain things out there, people are going to ask you about it. It's 2019. You're the only person talking yeah, about changing. you know, pe- people want to be an open book and share themselves, and sometimes it's just... Hey, not even worth the job. That's, that's listen. Like I told my sister this weekend, it's 2019. You're the only person talking about Chingy. Okay. So how does she reply? So you can't be mad when Chingy replies. <laughs> how does she reply when you said that? Hey, well, you know that's for her to talk about. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. I think she might be in town. She wants to come up here. Okay. Actually, listen. Why is there a picture of Dramos? I don't want us to take that down. But what, what? there's a picture of Dramos, and it's like right. In my line of eyes. Travis is a DJ and, and he also runs like, boards. That is the most douchey picture. He's got on like the, a Hawaiian shirt That's with Travis. that well manicured beard and some yeah. shades on and his hair slicked back. Why is that there? I, I believe uh, somebody who listens is a fan. Oh, the guy. Oh, the guy from jail. Yes, the guy from oh, jail. Oh, yeah, yeah, the same guy that used to draw pictures of you naked. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay, he's, he's no moved, doubt, on, no he's moved on for me. No doubt, no doubt. And now he's, he's into drama. Dramos. So he you know, drew got a picture you, of Dramos. Got you, got you, got you. And Dramos posted it because he likes it. Next time, draw him shirtless. You know what I'm saying? He used to do. He used to draw pictures of envy. I can't remember the dude's name from jail. I can't believe he's still in there because we've been on for nine years. And he used to draw pictures <laughs> of envy naked. Now he's drawing pictures of Dramos. Hey. How much time that. does he got? I don't know. Wow. Maybe life. But okay, maybe the next picture mind. he'll be naked. Back. Keep that up there. That's All good right. prison art. Okay. All right. Well, who are you giving your donkey to, man? Uh, four after the hour, I need this um, judge from Florida. Yeah, Florida to come to the front of the congregation. His name is John S. Krastronakis. What? We'd like to talk to What's him. What's his name again? I don't know. I'm not trying to repeat it again. My tongue hurts. All right. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Make sure you tell him to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. Florida. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for attacking a flamingo. For the Breakfast Club, bitches. Donkey of the day. <laughs> With Charlemagne the God. Yes. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. Yes, Donkey of the Day for Monday, October 7th goes to Judge John S. Castronakis. Castronakis. I think I pronounced that right. Oh, boy. Uh, Here's a judge in this city called West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach is a city in this state called Florida. Uh, You know, when I'm outside, people come up to me and tell me to be easy on Florida. They say to me, Florida folks, not that crazy. But there's nothing you all can do to prove that to me because we have eyes. We have ears. We can read. We see and hear everything that comes out of the Sunshine State. And every day there's a story that proves the craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. There is no debate here. And today we have yet another story that proves this point. Now, there's a young 21-year-old man out there named DeAndre Somerville. Drop one of the clues bombs for DeAndre Somerville, man. Okay, he got called to do something that we all hate to be called to do, and that's jury duty. When the last time you had jury duty, Envy? Um, I keep getting disqualified for jury duty because okay. of uh, my past. Me too. That's Angela Yee. What about you? Me too. Me too. Because of your past? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a damn lie. No, I, 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 I don't know what they're speaking about. When I speak about my past, uh, I wish I didn't have any felonies. I really do. When I was young, filling out job applications, I used to hate when I got to that part because I for sure thought those felonies would keep me from getting high at certain places, and I'm sure it did. But I never focused on the nods because I was too busy getting yeses, and I was happy about that. But having felonies is still not a good feeling. But the one time those felonies came in handy was when I got called for jury duty back in the day. Okay, I've only been called once, thank God. But <laughs> 
but I was in the courtroom and they asked the question, does anyone in here have felonies or something to that effect? And I threw my hand in the air quicker than Takashi 69 says he did it. All right. Then the judge asked you to approach the bench and he asked me what my felonies were. And I said loudly and proudly, assault and battery with attempt to kill, point and presenting a firearm and distribution of marijuana. I was dismissed. Okay. What were yours, Envy? Uh, mine was uh, reduced to petty larceny. Reduce, that's what you told the judge? Yes. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Somerville didn't have the felonies that we have. And in fact, he had a completely clean record. So he had no felonies to use to get out of jury duty. So he, he had another excuse. Not really an excuse because these things happen, but DeAndre did indeed miss jury duty. Now, what happens to people when they miss jury duty? I have never thought about it, okay? Never heard of anyone missing it. I have. All I've heard is people not wanting to go, mm -hmm. okay? But it's understandable that things happen. People get sick, people get in accidents. In the case of DeAndre, he overslept. Okay, some people can't leave their job, so they would rather, you know, go to work. Than they'd rather skip jury duty and make sure they go to work so they keep their job. So I don't see the issue. Well, Judge John S. Kastronakis from Florida clearly didn't like the fact that DeAndre overslept and missed jury duty. So how did he respond? Let's go to ABC News. Good morning, America, for the report, please. A man who overslept when he was supposed to be serving jury duty paid for it with a jail sentence. DeAndre Somerville asked that judge to reconsider his sentence after spending 10 days behind bars for missing that day of jury duty. And DeAndre says jury duty was the first time he ever set foot in a courthouse. 21-year-old DeAndre Somerville was sworn in as a juror for a civil case in August. He was scheduled to to appear the next morning, but says he missed his alarm and overslept. Rather than heading to the courthouse or alerting the bailiff, Somerville went to work, not knowing there would be major repercussions. The presiding judge, John Kastronakis, said Somerville's absence delayed the trial by 45 minutes. The judge originally sentenced Somerville to 10 days behind bars, one year of probation, 150 hours of community service, and a $223 fine. Come on but now. Judge Kastronakis is now reducing the probation to three months. And the judge called this a classic example of good people making bad mistakes. He's now considering expunging the contempt of court charge from Somerville's record. One of the conditions for that, Somerville will now have to give speeches to potential jurors wow. about the importance Attend. of jury duty. All, all of that because a 21-year-old man with no criminal record overslept for jury duty. Ten days in jail, 150 hours of community service. Uh, That's harsh. Originally a year of probation reduced to three months, and you have to show up every week to give a 10-minute discussion about the importance of jury duty. What is that discussion going to be like? You should show up to jury duty so they don't lock your black ass up. Okay, now Judge John S. Kronakis was asked why such a harsh sentence. You know, would you like to hear what he said when asked why did he give DeAndre such a harsh sentence? Listen. Mr. Somerville was the only African-American on our jury and represented a very important cross-section of our community. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. But DeAndre's race shouldn't factor into this case because when it no. comes to being a juror, no bias is allowed, right? Like Correct. Gender, race, religion, sexuality, none of those things are supposed to factor in when you are a juror, right? That's a terrible reason. Like, you have to be objective, I thought, and listen to the facts of the case to come to a decision. Correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of people that lose to the Breakfast Club are in the law. Y'all know I'm not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary, but I would think a juror's race shouldn't matter. The only time a juror's race matters is when the juror is black and the judge looks at black people with disgust, okay, in a very poor light. I'm not going to go so far as to say the judge is a racist, but I think if we ask Judge John S. why he gave DeAndre a harsh sentence, he could have just responded with this. Mr. Somerville was the only African-American. Stop. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I, I threw the book at him because he was the only African-American there. There's no other reason. Okay, well, the only other reason is that, you know, 
He's from Florida. Please let Chelsea Handler give Judge John S. Kastronakis the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. Am I missing something here? Nope. Ten days in jail, a year of probation, 150 hours of community service. Is that, I think yeah, that's, you, is that not a little too harsh? That's completely yeah. biased and, com- and really harsh. And even the judge saying, because he was the only African-American on the jury, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about jury mm. duty. I thought jury... I thought jurors had to be like objective, like yes, you don't. Yeah, want to... you're not supposed to have some type of bias. That's yes. the point. Even though it's not everybody has natural yeah. bias, you're not supposed to. So Correct. What would, what would him being black have to do with this situation? Now let me ask you a question, Charlemagne. Yes. If you had a friend, right, that never reported to jury duty, right, what would you advise him to do? Man, ain't my business. Why do I care if Thank you're not going you. to jury duty? I agree with that. <laughs> you agree with that? <laughs> All right. Why well, who don't go to jury duty? I'm assuming Angela E. By the way, this conversation just went. You snitching on her? I mean, you do you the way you I, set I, it up. I, I, and the way she defended, asking, I said I had a friend. The, the, the way I didn't she say defended who was. herself. I didn't say it was you. You just said it was. I didn't her. defend myself. I just agreed. How with do you, you keep getting out of jury duty? Who? You. I don't know anything about that. I'm definitely ready to serve my country. <laughs> your, your community. Mm. Yes, absolutely. All right, good. All right. Y'all will miss me if I'm not at work. I'm just, <laughs> All right. Up next, Latham Thomas will be joining us. Salute to Latham. Latham Thomas will be joining us. We'll talk to her next. My my, my wife used, well, we used uh, Latham for our our third daughter. She's a doula. Doula. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, so we'll kick it with her when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. Latham Thomas, welcome. Hey, y'all. Me and you kind of have the same job. Yeah. Help deliver babies. MV, you are not a doula. Relax. (laughs) Okay, there's actual training that goes into that. Come deliver five of them. You was in a hospital, though. Yeah, I know. You right. know what I'm saying? With medication and all of that other good stuff. Right. That is correct. But welcome. Thank you. It's nice to see you all. Thank you for having me back. We missed um, b- Black Breastfeeding Week, was it called? Yeah, there's Black Breastfeeding Week was in August. Okay. Black so best of, Breastfeeding Week. Yes, the mm-hmm. 25th to August 31st. And what, yeah. what was that about? Well, it's really about um, affirming the specific experiences that African-American women have and the challenges we have around breastfeeding and our history with breastfeeding, but also self-determination and showing that this is a time that we can reclaim our bodies as sacred and really lean into these practices that are not only uh, good for our health, but are ancestral. And we know that like our people were breastfeeding and wet nursing this nation. And so there's a lot of uh, historical trauma bound in breastfeeding as well. So it's a way to address that, but also to address some of the um, systemic uh, challenges we have around it as well and and some of the policy gaps. I saw your post, too, where you were talking about slavery and how, uh, you know, our African-American sisters were impregnated and then forced to feed the master's Mm -hmm. baby while our own baby starved. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you think about that type of trauma that gets passed down, right, we know that intergenerational trauma is real, right? We're starting to see this. And I love that you guys have taken this stance on really looking at trauma in our communities and embracing pathways to healing, including therapy. And we know there's meditation. We know we have so many tools as uh, people of color, but a lot of them we don't lean into. A lot of them have been seen as like, um, you know, not as good as other practices, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not necessarily evidence-based, right? And so, but we need to lean into our healing practices, I think, to reclaim this period for ourselves, and especially because 
you know, motherhood is such a powerful time and parenthood in general, right? It's such a powerful time in people's lives and it really changes your life, right? But if it's bound in trauma, then we're passing that down, mm -hmm. right? And the womb is the first environment. So whatever your baby's exposed to, whatever energy they're marinating in for that like 40 weeks mm -hmm. is also going to, you know, turn on certain gene expressions when they, you know, when they arrive. Right. And you talk about how when white women are breastfeeding, it's seen as empowering and when black women do it. It's like anthropology <laughs> or it's like, you know, it's seen as different, maybe like not as uh, wholesome. Mm -hmm. I think now with the tools of like social media, right, like people get to express themselves and you get to see different lenses on an experience that was taken away from us. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like right now so many women are sharing, but also not just publicly, but like in, you know, on social media, but in public spaces, right? right? Like being, being in the subway and breastfeeding or being uptown. I see women now that are like, oh, asking questions. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad they're asking these questions because it wasn't passed down generationally. And we see this in like um, black and Latinx communities um, so often. And so we are under-resourced, but we also are the people who are doing it the most, but need and are breastfeeding the least now. Right. So it's really time for us to pick that back up. At what age should um, usually kids stop breastfeeding? So it really depends. Like the World Health Organization um, recommends that um, babies breastfeed at least to a year old, but the world average is like five years old. Five years. Yeah. That's so a lot old. of people. Are, it's it's old. They got teeth. They, they got everything. We just, by yeah, then. we just saw Ice Tea. They in Coco. school. Yeah. I, and her uh, child is almost four. Yeah, I breastfed until my son was three. Mm -hmm. He was definitely able to do like he was riding a bike almost. Right. He was going into preschool, and I was like, um. Can we like have a conversation right. about this? He was making dinner. He, yeah, he was able to do a lot, but also there was not the so there was a social stigma like from people, but I didn't have it from like social media, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that would have been different like if you're posting pictures and people are like, you know, shaming you. So I didn't have that. I just had it from my immediate peers or family members who were like, "Girl, you need to put that baby down." But um, my son's health is, like, impeccable. That's what they said. The longer you breastfeed, it has a lot more benefits when it comes to you. Yes. They never get sick because mm -hmm. there's immune factor that's passed down. And for people who don't know, you know, the first um, 18 months of life, babies get passive immunity from their mothers. So all the things, that, all the antibodies that their mothers have built up in their lifetime are passed down to the baby while they're breastfeeding. So that means that also um, another beautiful thing about it is that when you're, when the mother, um, when the baby gets exposed to any pathogens, the mother will take a sampling of that and actually pass antibodies back through the breast milk wow. to the baby. So every time, so the baby doesn't get sick most of the time. And so that's so great for people, especially in communities where we don't have access to quality um, medical care, or we can't get to mm -hmm. hospitals or we can't, we don't have insurance. Mm -hmm. This is like a way to safeguard our baby's health um, you know, and minimize the amount of doctor visits and ear infections and things like that. Yeah, because I don't have kids, but when I saw that picture of Coco and people like going in, I was yeah. like, let me go look this up and see about it. And that's when I learned that it is a lot of benefits to yes. breastfeeding and continuing that on past the two-year mark. Yeah, I mean, if you can, right? And we know that like we think about it, it sounds easy and it sounds great, but then you think about, okay, one-fourth of all women go back to work 10 days after giving birth in this country, Ooh. which is like... I mean, everything, like you're still, it's a lot going on, right? So you're not even recovered. Mm -hmm. And six weeks is a normal recovery period. Mm -hmm. So you figure you go to 10 days in, there's not time for bonding. There's not time to establish a milk supply. So it's really challenging for a lot of people. And so even though we say like, yes, you should, you should go, you know, for a year at least, it's like figuring out what are the systemic barriers to people being able to actually do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you see the couple that was 70 years old that gave birth? 
70? Yeah. I think, was that in India yeah. or something? It was, yeah. it was another country. It was another country. I think I did see something about that. Um, Would you recommend that? I mean... And I think it was the egg that she had and implanted. She had to have that, that egg frozen. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember exactly how it had. Let me look it up. But I, I mean, just I just think about, about right chasing behind a two-year-old. Like, yes, and they're both years. sick now in the hospital. Yeah, no. I mean, I feel like, you know, when... If we're bringing kids into the world, it's great if you can look after them yourselves. It's great if you have community, but I don't know. I just think about myself when I think about having another baby, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm not even, you know, 40 yet. I'm on my way, but I'm like, I would be so exhausted chasing behind a baby mm -hmm. at that age. I can't even imagine. It's you exhausting. Because there's, there's a lot of women, like we see <laughs> It Tam is exhausting. Tamara Hall you would had, know. A, yes. had a baby at 48. Which is amazing. Which is great. Yes. Yeah. Kenya Moore, we see women that are Yes, they're having babies to... later in life because you know there's a stigma with that too, right? Mm -hmm. Just like we have a stigma for young women having babies, we have it for what we consider older or geriatric, right? This quote unquote. And so um, I think it's great that people are saying, hey, you know, I've established my life. I'm where I want to be. And now I'm choosing to have a family because many of us, we don't get the opportunity to really plan, right? It's like, you just found out you were pregnant. It's like, oh, I guess we having a baby right. or some people. <laughs> we're going to make it work. We're making it work or it's ambivalence. <laughs> you get pregnant, you're like, I don't know. Or you might, you know, a lot of people like with abortion and loss, like it's very common. And so it's like, you know, to be able to choose and, and intentionally and have your partner and your setup, that's like amazing. And be financially good. Yes. And say, okay, this is, you know, a great time. And it's fantastic to be do, do it conscientiously, right? Mm -hmm. and, and be able to prepare. I think that's always great. It's not always common, but mm -hmm. if we can get there, that's great. All right, we have more with Latham Thomas. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Latham Thomas. Why the percentages for African-American women dying after birth? Why, the, why that's Black so high? Black maternal death rate. Yeah, why yeah. is that so high? So a couple of things. Number one, the CDC just, received, just released a report like two weeks ago mm -hmm. um, saying that the rates have actually increased. So when I was here last the rates were that black women were three to four times more likely to die mm -hmm. during childbirth due to childbirth-related causes, and now it's four to five times Ooh. than white women. Yes. And that's nationally, but in New York City, it's like 12 times higher. Wow. And so this is like, there's a bunch of things. Um, the, the sort of larger lens that we take is looking at um, systemic racism and bias in these spaces, neglect, um, the fact that like the medical system has been steeped in a culture of patriarchy and, and supremacy and has a lot of outdated practices that have not been addressed. And so when somebody goes in to deliver their baby and they say they're in pain or they're experiencing something that may be um, indicative of some sort of type of illness, then they're being dismissed instead of treated. Or if they have something like preeclampsia, which is associated with high blood pressure, right, which is um, pregnancy-induced hypertension, if they have that, but, like, they have swelling, they have all the signs, but then they're sent home, they can have seizures, they can go into shock, mm -hmm. they could also lose their babies, right? And so this happens more often than not that people don't catch a lot of the basic um, health risks right. because also, they like, a lot of women report that they are going to the hospital and are going to their doctors and getting care, but they're not getting the type of um, concern for their needs. And also, if you're in pain and you're perceived as not being in pain, right, because black women are seen to be able to tolerate more pain, um, then it's like, why would I give you an epidural? Why would I give you, you know, anesthesia? Why would I give mm -hmm. you an analgesic if you don't really, if I don't perceive that you need it, right? So it's like you're, you're, you're being dismissed in many ways. Mm -hmm. And now what's been so great 
um, in light of all this reporting, like New York Times did a big piece that was seminal and ProPublica did a big piece. And then it started to become part of the consciousness. You guys have brought it into the um, public sphere as well. And I think one of the big pieces is folks showing like their actual experiences. They'll go viral. Mm-hmm. That's the main reason I don't want to have any kids in- anymore because my second daughter, what was the thing you said? Per- per- Pre-eclampsia. Pre-eclampsia. I think my wife had that. Yeah, so that was a emergency situation. Emergency then. section. Yeah. She had, had, had the baby at eight months. And then my third daughter, same thing. We was in the hospital, and they just like, oh, we don't have any more anesthesia. I'm like, how you don't have no more anesthesia? Epidural. Epidural, I'm sorry. They don't, yeah, they just don't have any more. I'm like, how you don't have any more epidurals? Yeah, like, well, if sense. she can push it out. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you said, we got resources. We got money. We're in a good hospital. They just, mm-hmm. she's black. She can shoot it out. And I'm like, you know what? We're not having no more kids after this. Yeah, That's see, crazy. but that should not be an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like she should have, and even if the outcome was great, mm-hmm. right, which it was, it matters how she recalls the experience. It matters Absolutely. what she felt, what she was meant to feel in that moment. She did not feel empowered when she asked for something and she's met with, oh, you can just handle it, and right? She, and she was happy that she could push it out thanks to Lathan. Yeah. Because you know, she had a C-section the second time and they tell you that you can't have a, an, uh, you can only have vaginal another C-section. Delivery. You can't have a vaginal yeah. delivery after that, but she did because of, Lathan. But in this country, we ha- we use the most we have the most resources allocated to maternal health, but we're 55th in all developed countries in terms of maternal deaths. Mm. So it's like we're spending the most money, just like military, we spend the most money in the war machine, but like That's look crazy. at you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So it's it's really like something to be thinking about like really how do we look at women and how do we prioritize women? And when I talk about this, I'm talking about an entire lens of a woman's experience, right? Because we know reproductive life cycle includes menses and bleeding, right? When your daughters get their periods and we get our periods at first, you know, pregnancy, um, abortion and loss, breastfeeding and birth, obviously, and then menopause. So we have to fight for every single aspect and not just center the movement around just abortion right now, because if it's not safe for, you know, black women to give birth, um, and we're, we're putting at the top of the feminist agenda, just the fight for reproductive rights, we need to be focused on reproductive justice. Like, what does that look like as an entire continuum and making sure that everybody is served and that we're specifically focusing on the most marginalized people, which we know are women of color first. Right. What are some of the misconceptions about pregnancy? Because uh, one, and this is crazy because I have five kids, I used to think that my wife couldn't work out. Like, you know, you don't want to work out, you don't want right. to lose weight, you don't want to run, you don't want to walk on a treadmill because you just don't want to affect the baby. What are some of the misconceptions about pregnancy. That's definitely one of them. Exercise is really helpful, right? And because, again, like you have relaxin, which causes the muscles and the ligaments to relax. Mm -hmm. And so that makes you more um, susceptible to also injury sometimes. So exercise is really good to help strengthen, um, to help with strength and flexibility. No drinking. A lot of people say, you you know, some people say you can have a glass of wine, a glass of wine at once a week. You could do that when you're, you could do that to go into labor because it'll relax you, but not in the beginning because it's a very delicate, you know, it's so delicate, the the whole cell division, the process, it's rapid, and there's all kinds of things that can go wrong in that very beginning stage. We have an endocannabinoid system, and there's actually cannabinoids in breast milk. So we know that, like, our bodies have, like, grown alongside these plants. Like, and That's there's CBD, ancient, right? Yeah, CBD. Yeah, people send me that all the time. CBD's in breast milk. Yeah, it's yeah. in breast milk. What about like, getting a perm or dyeing your hair? Okay, so I, you know, a lot of people avoid that because um, there are chemicals in the dye and it obviously goes right into your bloodstream because like your scalp is like permeable. So mm-hmm. it's better to try to avoid like anything intense like that. You know, toxins, mm-hmm. which are in a lot of products, especially in our communities, right? Like we have 
products that are marketed to us that are not safe for us. And so when we think about like the lotions, the creams, like Vaseline, which rhymes with gasoline, like mm -hmm. we're using stuff like this all the time because it's tried and true. It's been in our community for forever. But when you turn over the bottle and you look to see the ingredients, a lot of them should not even be in our body. And the Continuum Conference? Yes! I'm so excited about this conference, you guys. It's our first one. It's going to be at the William Vale Hotel. Have you been there in Brooklyn? Mm -mm. It's amazing. It's going to address fertility, pregnancy, new motherhood, everything in between. It's November 3rd. And um, yeah, it's going to be a day of programming and people can come and learn and also meet other people who are going through what they've been mm -hmm. through. So, you know, we'll definitely address like maternal mental health because we know that this is a critical a critical issue in our country right now. And we're just starting to have that conversation. I think that y'all have been really pivotal also in, you know, making it more acceptable to even look at the fact that there's a, a mental health crisis in our country. And so one of the things that we want to do is create community in the conference. So there's mentors, there's conversation, but obviously there's panel discussion. But when you move outside of that, there will be groups that you're placed into so that you leave there with like connection, right? So and you're giving scholarships too, right? Yeah, we're going to have some scholarships and we're going to give a code to Breakfast Club listeners oh, nice. so that they can, you know, come and be able to attend. Well, let's, can we do that now? Do yes. we have it yet? Yeah, where should we call the code? Breakfast Club. Uh, breakfast Club, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so Breakfast Club. So put, BC is shorter though. Breakfast, people can breakfast. Yeah, they can spell Breakfast okay. Club. Y'all can spell it, and if you don't, then you're not getting a discount. So right. Breakfast Club, go Breakfast Google Club it. at <laughs> checkout, and it's at the thecontinuumconference.com, okay. and then use Breakfast Club at checkout, and you'll get like 10% off. Okay. Well, Latham, we appreciate you for joining us this morning. And Thank again, where so can people find Latham? So let people know where they can find you. Yes, I'm on Instagram as Glow Maven, G-L-O-W-M-A-V-E-N. Yes, I have the book, Own Your Glow. And then mamaglow.com. If you want to learn more, if you want to get involved, if you want to advocate, if you want to protect this process of women in birth, we're ready to receive you. If you, you. think you can't have uh, vaginal delivery after C-sections... Lathan is the person to holler at. All right. Thank you. It was Lathan Thomas. It's The Such Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, congratulations to the baby. He has his first ever number one album on the Billboard 200 with Kirk. Drop on the clues bomb for the baby, damn it. Charlotte, Queen City. 145,000 equivalent album units. 704. Shout to the baby. Yeah, originally they said it would do between 130 and 150. It ended up doing 145. I'm so proud of that guy, man. Salute to the baby. To him. Salute to Arnold Taylor. Salute to my man, Stunner for Vegas. That whole billion dollar baby entertainment. Keep moving. All right, and rest in peace to Diane Carroll. She passed away at the age of 84. Mm -hmm. She was a pioneer for African Americans. She actually was the first black woman to star in a network show with Julia on NBC. So it's the first network series to have a black actress as the lead character. Uh, you know her also from Claudine. Of course, she was in the Five Heartbeats, mm -hmm. right? Dynasty, and also the spin-off, The Colbys in a Different World. She was married for a time to her last husband was Vic Damone. Yeah, Ty right, so Tyler Perry also honored her this weekend with a soundstage. I mean, that's something that he had planned way before her passing. I, oh, think, I think she was actually supposed to be there this weekend. Wow. Um, but yeah. He definitely yes. honored her this weekend with her with her own soundstage on his on his lot. She's survived by her daughter and two grandchildren. Okay, now Floyd Mayweather has filed a protection order to protect his daughter from a stalker. According to Hollywood Unlocked, they gave this exclusive. They said uh, she's been getting threatening phone calls and being harassed by 29-year-old Damon Smith II. He also threatened her mother, Melissa, and her business. So he's threatened to kill and rape Ayanna 
as well as her family if they don't hand her over to him. And that's a very scary thing when you start getting threats like that. And the person, he actually even bought a flight and posted his flight to Vegas and everything. Now, when it comes so, to the law, the law has to mind their business when certain things happen, right? Because what correct. if this guy does get close to this young lady in some way, shape, or form? You already have the threats. You already put three screen order out. Now, we, can, we should be able to do whatever we want to this that's guy. That's right. If he gets anywhere close... That's it. Floyd got about, what, seven bodyguards? You said you're going to rape my daughter? You Floyd himself? Come on, man. Floyd, yeah, Floyd yeah. has his fist. You're a threat. The, <laughs> threat, the, threat, the threat has been established. Therefore, if the threat comes in my vicinity... I kind of want you to come to... I kind of want you to come to Vegas. The threat can be destroyed. That's right. I, I kind of <laughs> want you to come to Vegas. Come on. The threat can be eliminated. Yeah. I'm saying all scary. that to say... It's a scary situation for Ayana, so... It is. Hopefully, they get him in jail and get him out of there. Hopefully, he gets shot if he comes anywhere near Ayana. All right, now let's talk about what's going on with Amanda Seals and all this drama with this... Uh, party that she wasn't able to get into and she did an episode of Side Effects of Professionalism Part 1 for her podcast, Small Doses. Mm -hmm. And by the way, she also has a Small Doses book as well coming out. Yeah, a couple weeks. She's been talking about uh, this situation where she couldn't get into this party and not only could she not get in, but it was humiliating for her because she was escorted out of the party when she did manage to make it in. She was invited by Jesse Williams and apparently there's some people that she doesn't get along with and she says that the person who actually didn't want her there is Issa Rae's publicist. So a year ago, Issa Rae's publicist, Vanessa Anderson of AMPR and some other people, they started doing a black Emmy party. Of course, I work with Issa. So Vanessa is somebody who I have absolutely like met before, like when I had my web series on Issa's channel and I have interacted with her, you know, on a few occasions, but she has never been nice to me ever. You know, I told Issa, I was like, hey, you know, your publicist, like she's just like she's just not being nice. Like she's just nasty. And Issa was like, yeah, I mean, that's just between y'all. Okay, now she goes on to talk about more about her issues on getting into this party. Now, I had seen Vanessa come outside to the front and have a conversation with her, but I didn't think anything of it. I mean, it is Vanessa's party. Why wouldn't she come and speak to the person at the door? But it was interesting that this was happening because it seemed like an echo of the year before. So what ends up happening is Elijah's like, you know, you know what? what? They're, They're not going to kick me out of the party, so, so come, come on in. in. So he welcomes me in, and as I'm coming in, the white girl is like, she, she cannot, cannot go, go in. in. She, she cannot, cannot go, go in. in. And I was like, girl, stop. And I just wave her off, and I kept walking. Then she goes on to say that security came to escort her out. So I walk in and I go to the bar. Kiki goes to the bathroom. By the time Kiki has come back from the bathroom, a security guard is talking to me. And a security guard says to me, hello, hello miss. Um, um, we, we have been, been asked to escort, escort you out. out. I'm like, well, who asked you to escort me out? So he gets on his phone and he says, Vanessa. I said, well, then you need to find Vanessa. Because I need to speak to Vanessa and I need to find out from Vanessa why I'm being escorted out. And... Apparently, no one could find Vanessa. Who did those sound effects? That's the sound effects she did. That's her podcast. Mm-hmm. You don't listen to Small yeah. Doses podcast? Mm-mm. I enjoy I Small Doses That's her podcast. podcast. Now, she goes on to say that she was hurt that none of her castmates intervened and nobody's doing anything. And Sharunas, who's on the show, uh, he said, you can't be a disrespectful-ass human being and expect people to want to hang out with you. It's quite simple. Sit it out. Well, she responded to what Sharunas had to say. Not only am I not for everybody, everybody ain't for me. So anybody you see on Twitter who is in this business and got some to say about me, trust and believe. I got some to say about them. The difference is that I'm classy enough to keep it to myself and not chime in during some that ain't got to do with them. I was confused why, how she was invited, and then when she was invited, they didn't let her in. 
Like she well, was I guess Jesse Williams invited her, but it was Vanessa's party. Oh, Vanessa and um, Oronde. Right. So mm-hmm. because the person throwing the party, even though she was invited by Jesse, he probably didn't know there was any issues. Hey, drop on the clues bumps for my guy, Oronde. I don't know what's going on. This is all too much. Okay. <laughs> just, it's a lot. It just sounds like a whole bunch of just, just mess. I don't know what's going on. I know Amanda Seals is my partner, though. And I ride with Seals 100%. I wonder why she ain't called Aronde. I think Aronde was actually coming to get her, but she was already in the party by the time he got there. So mm. Aronde went to go mind his business. Okay. And then all of that other stuff happened after the fact. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You what? think that her castmate should have stood up for her and intervened? or? Um, no. Is, I don't even know what their relationship no. is with I, each other. I think, I, I think, say yeah. No. If on. you were outside a party and I was inside and I seen you having a problem, I would walk over and make sure you was good. But we actually like each other. Oh. They don't, don't, they, don't, they don't like each other? I, it's clear to me that uh-huh. clearly they don't. Isn't that dude, wasn't that dude on the cast of Insecure? Yes, yeah, Uranus. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it's clear that they don't get along in some way, shape, or form. Issa's publicists don't like Seal. Seal doesn't seem to care for her. It's like, I, 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 I you can't know. mix oil and water. I guess. You know? All right. Well, I'm sure next time Amanda comes up, she'll talk about it with us. I'm Angela Yee, Question. and that is your rumor report. And make sure you get her new self-help book, Small Doses. Can you mix oil and water? You, you can, can right? it's just not going to mix well. Okay. Just make <laughs> it's just sure. laying on top. I just heard that. That's always a cliche term. As you just, just wanted to I'm say like, it. I've never actually tried to mix oil and water. All I have right. no idea if they mix it all. All right. Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Let's go. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we got a shout to uh, Ryan Holiday for joining us this morning. Salute to my guy, Ryan Holiday. Make sure you go grab his latest book, Stillness is the Key. Um, Ryan Holiday is one of my favorite authors. I read all of his stuff. Ego is the Enemy, Obstacle is the Way, uh, Trust Me, I'm Lying. I even give his books to people because I think his books are just that good. Stillness is the Key is another one that we all need in this noisy-ass, busy-ass world. Some of us need to find time to sit our black asses down. And and also Lathan Thomas for joining us as well. Love Lathan Thomas. You know, Lathan Thomas uh, coached my wife through her third pregnancy. My wife thought she was going to have to have another C-section. But because of Lathan, she was able to have a, a what do you call it, a V-birth? Uh, she was able to push it out her poom poom. There you go. That's a, better, a vaginal that's birth. Yeah, vaginal birth. There you it's, go. A, it's a technical term for it. I just can't remember. I know it's V something. But and yeah. she also has the Continuum Conference happening. So she wants to make sure people go to the continuumconference.com. And if you use the code Breakfast Club, you'll actually get a percentage off at your checkout. So use the code Breakfast Club and go to the continuumconference.com. All right, when we come back, positive note is the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, Yee, you out in Detroit? Uh, yes, I'm out here in Detroit. By the way, my house is coming along amazing out here. I, seen the I video. thought it would be Dope. done by now, but it's still not completely finished. But I think in a uh, probably like a week or two, it really will be done. But it does look great. It's a nice feeling when we did something and rehabbed it and uh, took it down to the studs and then rebuilt everything. And you know how extravagant I am. Yeah, no, the house so, looks amazing. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited about it. And um, I'll be out here for Wayne State University. I'm moderating a panel at Wayne State University. It's all about education and entrepreneurship. And that is happening tomorrow. So I'm still out here. But shout out to Cash Doll. I actually hosted her listening session out here in the D as well. And also We Run 313, the running club that they have out here that 
I actually brought myself out here and my whole Run With Ye initiative, just getting people out and about and running. And it was a great thing. We ran two miles through the city, stopping traffic and everything. All right. Hundreds and, of people. All right. And also shout out to all the HBCUs. You know, I do my HBCU tour around this time. So uh, this week I was at a University uh, of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Shout out to them. The small HBCU out in Arkansas. And then I went over to uh, Tallahassee. FAMU. Shout out to everybody at FAMU, all right? I got Central State University to go to, Hampton, Howard, so many different HBCUs. And we don't only just do parties. Sometimes we do parties. Sometimes we talk about uh, generational wealth. Sometimes we talk about getting into the music industry. Sometimes we talk about real estate. And sometimes we party. So um, I can't wait to see you at HBCU. Yeah, we we try to do all. Yeah, we can do all the things. We can party and we can educate. Absolutely. All right. All right. And shout out to everybody from Lip Service, too. We do have the Lip Service live tour. And I know a lot of people while I was out here was asking about it. But that tour is actually kicking off, oh, my gosh, on the 20th. So that's in two weeks, less than two weeks. So make sure you look for those tickets on LiveNation.com. All right. Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Listen, I want to salute uh, Tyler Perry, too, man. You know what I'm saying? I was down there this weekend, you know, for the grand opening of his, his studio in Atlanta. And, uh... It's just unbelievable, you know. It was just something you had to experience, man. It, it just, it just encourages me to dream bigger. I don't feel like I'm hustling hard enough, and I want to salute Bill Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton, he was holding my wife's hand a little too long, and mm. I told him, you know, I said, "Yo, all right, now you're holding her hand a little too long." And he looked me in the eyes and he says, "You know, Charlemagne, uh, you should want me to sit here and talk to her for an hour, simply because I'm old and harmless now." I don't know what that meant, okay? Mm. But that's what he said. Mm. All right. That sounded like some game. It just <laughs> <laughs> sounded like something. Back in my day. Back in my day. I took yeah, this yeah, pretty yeah. little thing from you. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, man, salute to everybody that came out there this weekend. And uh, I want to leave on a positive note. The positive note comes from my man, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Bishop T.D. Jakes says, you cannot see in a storm. That's why he told you to walk by faith and not by sight. Breakfast club, bitches. You all finished or you all done? Mm-hmm.